Drop the subject, Allie and James. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy to have you. Happy to be here. Happy to be queer. James, I already have a question for you. It oh is my. one of the strangest years that we've had in our in our lifetime, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Certainly. People are doing things that you wouldn't have expected them to do. A lot of my friends are moving across the country. They're moving out of California. I know people are listening from all over the country and... Just in general, I think people are moving, people are changing, they're pivoting in their lives, right? They're changing jobs, they're changing careers, they're changing significant others. And I received a Facebook message from, I would say, a strong acquaintance, not necessarily a close friend. Um, And when I get a Facebook message, I usually think to myself, oh, this is a friend of mine who's now peddling skin products or um, they want me to vote (laughs) for something. CBD oils. Exactly. It's like Arbonne or T. Yeah, see, it's some, they're starting to make their own hemp oil or they've gotten into soap. Who knows? And <laughs> soap. <laughs> just like, I make soap now or oh vape liquid or whatever it is. I wonder if that, so that's I a uniquely don't... lesbian thing, by the way, but I'm sorry. Continue. You think so? I don't know. I don't. I don't uh, my know. friends who hawk things on Facebook randomly, uh, it's never soap. Maybe I'm just a dirty person. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Yeah, I guess there's a different product line yeah. um, in your world. But anyway, so I get a message from this strong acquaintance asking me if Katie and I would be interested and willing to start a commune with her and her boyfriend. Oh, a which is commune. Yes, an intriguing question, right? Yeah, I mean if done so well like we see historically there are always there's so many successful examples of (laughs) communes that turn out just great but yes intriguing so what james is getting at is that almost all communes end up being cults so i thought to myself is she asking me to start a cult with her or is she asking me to be the first member of a cult and if it was be the first member of a cult, I would be insulted. But if it was start a cult, I actually find that to be a rather big compliment. And I think if I'm going to start a cult, this would be the year to do it. Yeah. Like what? I mean, there's no better cult juju going on in the world right now than the juju that is completely screwing all of everyone else in 2020. I, I, people are talking about cults, right? That Nexium or whatever is like one of the most watched shows on whatever it's on Apple TV or yeah, Netflix yeah, yeah, or the Vow, yeah, yeah, the Vow, the Vow, yeah. Everyone's talking about this cult, and I think it's actually intriguing people more than it is scaring them. Which maybe that triggered your friend, but either way, even if you were the first person to be recruited, Allie, I would find that a compliment. I, I well, or maybe they're thinking you're the most gullible. I mean, right. That's what I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm cult leader material or if I'm just the biggest lemming that they could think of in their phone. <laughs> oh, Allie, Allie will fall for this. Totally. Yeah, yes, let's, exactly. Let's up, She'll right. drink the Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. And she's part of those weird moon circles. She's ripe for <laughs> right. the. She's halfway there anyway. Yeah. So then I don't even respond to it. She starts sending me these follow up messages of listings of giant houses and stuff where we can start the commune and then she starts and then she keeps following up going all right i looked at this place uh there's a master bedroom upstairs then you you and katie can stay here i mean a whole floor plan and detailed 
things like she is completely and and i think to myself if i continue to not respond i really feel that she's going to be 100 percent sure in her mind that i'm doing this with her and that yeah, we are yeah. all moving into a commune i eventually had to respond and say hey no i i don't think that this is for me but did i make a mistake is this a missed opportunity so I do have friends who lived in, I think it was called Stone Soup in Chicago, which was a like a whole bunch of people living together sort of commune thing. And it seemed to be awesome. It seemed to work. It was a, an opportunity for everyone to sort of pull their resources and uh, be able to afford to live in a, in a home and they could buy like groceries and they planted things and they made things and they had this big social justice mission. So like everyone did like volunteer work and they really, really were in the community. They've been big part of the activism for the Black Lives Matter movement in Chicago. And it's been really, really great. So in that sense, I, but that that was like a long founded trusted one. And I think they're still around and I think they're still good. I don't think they've turned into a cult, but I feel like starting this on the ground level is not the place you want to be. You want to jump in and make sure that things are rooted deeply before you jump in. Exactly. Because then I'm one of the people in the documentary, The Vow, who's like, I don't know. It seemed like a good idea. I just was going to have a lot of roommates. And then we were drinking dragon blood and I didn't know where it all went. So anyway, uh, if you would like to join my cult, um, it's Sisterhood of the Alleys. No, I'm just kidding. We'll be right back when we drop the subject. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. You are listening. You're right to drop the subject on the new Channel Q. I'm Dr. James Simmons here with Allie Johnson, who, all right, Allie, we just, we're just going to be real and transparent with our DTS listeners like we always do. Oh, finally. Yeah, okay. Fi- finally, for the first time. Just been lying out our asses <laughs> right. this whole time. The time. Well, you've been lying out of some. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So Allie's got another job. You probably have heard about this and seen about this. And this other job requires Allie to be one of those super annoying people that wakes up really mega ultra early. And if you think about it, there are lots of people in the world who tout waking up early as being a big key to their success. I think it's in that seven habits of highly successful, whatever. I don't know. We can't trust that guy because he's super like he doesn't like the gays. But he wrote a book. Everyone read it and said, wake up early. RBG notoriously woke up early and stayed up late. Michelle Obama notoriously wakes up at 4 a.m. every single morning to work out for an hour, whether or not she has something to do later on that day. I think that's insane. So now that you are one of these annoying people, Allie, I want to ask you, on behalf of our listeners, the questions that everyone says, like, okay, these are the benefits. Are they really true? Well, uh, I know that you have several things on some kind of a list that are benefits to waking up early. And you can ask them if you and we can go over them if you want to. I will just preface this by saying I'm not one of those people who gets up early so that they have time to themselves. I get up early because that is the latest possible time that I can get up. And then I get dressed. I fumble around. I eventually get clothes on that kind of match. And then I go to work and I start working like the get up early mentality is people like Mark Wahlberg that get up and like make seven eat seven raw eggs and do a two hour workout. And you're like Mm -hmm. ready to go to work at 8 a.m. Right. I have already been working for four hours by 8 a.m. By 8 a.m. Yeah. So this uh, number five on this list of the nine things that are supposed to be like super cool about waking up early is peace and quiet. So you're saying scratch that. That doesn't work for you, right? Not no peace or quiet. 
Well, the only time that I do get the peace and quiet is when I, the moment I open my eyes to the moment I arrive at the building. So I do okay. have, I, I will say that part is nice because I get up, nobody, everyone else is asleep, the world is asleep, and then I walk out of my apartment and there's little bunny buns that are hopping around, there's when you some coyote howls. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> Most days I manage not to kill them, (laughs) but I'm getting so paranoid about that now. I'm like dodging. It's just it's dangerous. Anyway. Well, you're it says um, number six on this list is a faster commute, but maybe not for you. If you're taking time to dodge bunny buns. (laughs) No, that is another benefit is I don't have to sit in traffic. I may have to sit in it on the way home, but it is nice to not have to worry about that. When, you know, we were going into the buildings doing this show, Mm -hmm. uh, that was about an hour, hour and a half of my life every day was was driving to the building. So now it takes a hot 35 minutes. Nice. Okay, that is really, really significant because the majority of individuals who hate their job, the number one thing they hate about their job is the commute. So I wonder after this year of 2020, when most folks, a lot of folks are not commuting anymore, what people are going to think. Ali, I want to get to number one on this list, which is this this getting a head start on the day, this this feeling of like you are ahead of everyone else. You've got this feel good factor. 99% of the world is still asleep, but you are out there being productive, kicking some ass. Is that do you feel this every morning? No, absolutely not. Because I'm not getting ahead. That's what I'm I'm saying is that I'm getting up at the last part. Getting up early and getting ahead would be be me getting up at three three in the morning, Uh. which is insanity. So that would be me actually getting ahead. Uh, Do I finish my day a little earlier than most people? No, I still end (laughs) at the same time because everyone else ends their day. 17 radio shows and your voice is heard all over the country constantly. You're just Allie. Allie works a lot. We talk about me working a lot. Allie works a lot more than I think y'all realize, which leads me to number two, increased productivity. Allie, do you feel like you are more productive because you wake up for it? Nope. 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 (laughs) How about uh, you and I are both those people who are just like right on time people or like five minutes late people, but that's sort of like on time. Do you find yourself being more on time now that you're up early? I'm running 10 to 15 minutes late always um, from the very beginning of my day. <laughs> I'm supposed to leave to go to work at 4.30. I'm usually 4.40, 4.45 every single morning. So uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks but. for the reality check, James. And, um, you're super I guess welcome. I'll, and there we go, I'll everyone. I'll yeah, <laughs> I don't know early, what we learned, but uh, we, did, we <laughs> learned that waking up early is crap. Yep. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and Dr. James. SCOTUS confirmation hearings are still underway. And man, things really heated up yesterday. Did they not, Dr. James? Al- Allie, no, I think, um, you know, the um, the Miami Dolphins from 1972 are, are no. the worst football team in history, even though they're they had a, an undefeated record. I think that they cheated the entire time. Right. And um, I think that uh, Miami is a place that football teams cheat. OK, and, yeah. Um, what you're sorry, getting at is that people senators is, decided no, to use their time for completely different reasons. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's start. Let's start with that, because there is a. Uh-huh. Um, Ben Sass, who is a senator, he decided to uh, from take- the great state of Nebraska. By the way, let's oh, not forget about is he, that. Is and he from your home state? Makes 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 me so <clears throat> so proud. So so, proud. so here's what happened. Uh, obviously, this is day that was yesterday was day two. Yes, of the three, confirmation think, hearing. Yeah. Oh, it was three. 
of the confirmation yeah. hearing process. And uh, when given his time to ask Amy Coney Barrett anything his heart desired, this is what he said. And I'd like to talk about um, the Houston Astros, who are miserable cheaters. Uh, sorry, Cornyn uh, and Cruz, uh, but both both of the Texas senators uh, sit on this committee. Um, but I think all baseball fans know that the Houston Astros cheat. Um, they, they steal signs. Uh, they bang on cans. Um, They've done a whole bunch of miserable things historically, and they they deserve to be punished probably more than they have been. Okay, so that's kind of it. There was no question, I believe, at the end of this. Did you recall an actual question for Amy Comey Barrett, or is he just using his platform for the cause that he believes in, (laughs) which is crapping on the Astros? Right. He was like, I'm reclaiming my time. Yeah. I'm reclaiming my time to crap on the Astros. He he eventually went on to actually ask... uh, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, Judge Amy Coney Barrett, one of the more controversial questions from yesterday, and that was he asked her what the five protections in the Bill of Rights are. And she, unfortunately, and I don't think this is a knock. I think the whole world is watching. I think you're being grilled by senators on day three. I think you're a little bit tired. Like, I don't like this woman. I don't like how she's going to screw our rights. Uh, But I also think this is just, she clearly knows what they are, but she could only name four of the five protections from the Bill of Rights. And listen, she's supposed to know this stuff, right? She's supposed to know it. Like you and I are not supposed to be able to rattle this off. She is, but I also think maybe fatigue was a factor. Yeah, I don't want to knock her too much either for being able to not remember the fifth thing. I mean, there have been plenty of people that get crapped on just because they forgot the name of something. And I don't think that always necessarily means that you don't know what you're talking about. Um, I also say this. There's plenty of other things we can crap on her about. Yes. There are so many other things on the crap (laughs) priority list that would come first before that. But let's talk about Senator Hirono, because what she said about sexual preference um, in terms of some of the words that Amy Coney Barrett spoke in the past, um, those were trending on Twitter. And here's what she said. Take a listen. So even though you didn't give a direct answer, I think your response did. Uh, speak volumes, not once, but twice. You use the term sexual preference to describe those in the LGBTQ community. And let me make clear, sexual preference is an offensive and outdated term. It is used by anti-LGBTQ activists to suggest that sexual orientation is a choice. It is not. Sexual orientation is a key part of a person's identity, that sexual orientation is both a normal expression of human sexuality and immutable. So, I mean, she goes on, she speaks for another three and a half minutes about this, and and Amy Coney Barrett did apologize. I mean, it was an okay apology. She seemed sincere, but who knows if she really is. And uh, there are a lot of polarizing comments about this because, Sexual preference to me, of course, doesn't seem like an accurate representation of LGBTQ culture. That being said, I feel like someone in my family would easily use that and not know that they're saying something offensive. Do you know what I mean? You would also correct them, though, like you would. Yeah, you would check them and be like, this is not the word that we're using. Let me update on you the word. Let me educate you on on this, which is exactly what Senator Hirono did. Um, and so lot, very lots of lots of interesting uh, 
uh, developments from the hearings and uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett's um, confirmation hearings this week. It has been a really, really tough week. But what is not tough is more Drop the Subject. We'll be back. No more than two minutes of commercials. Promise. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Sitting. Standing. Walking. Running. All of these things have been named good for you and bad for you all at the same time. Because let's face it, science usually out there to help us but a lot of times all the studies and the research that come out for basic basic life things can make you so confused that you don't know what to do should i sit should i stand should i walk should i run but not too many times should i run earlier in the day or later i don't know i should sleep but how much longer should i be sleeping for i better not oversleep because i'll die ah that's why we are doing a new segment that we called good for you bad for you science is always a lie Allie. science is a hoax so oh. if you hadn't figured that out evolution is a hoax science mm. is a hoax all of these you know so just uh i actually all of these things are lies people don't actually do research and uh it's all a lie mm, well according to the president science doesn't know so there you go um <laughs> science doesn't know science doesn't but he does because he's immune that's true he's, he's immune, immune by the way he's yeah. a superhero now um okay One of the first examples that I will give you, Dr. James, is neck gaiters. You know, those little cloth necklaces that people started wearing when the pandemic hit. Those Mm. seemed to be just a fine way to prevent germs. Then it got added to a list of one of the least effective masks that you can use. In fact, I think it was even compared to just breathing regular air. It was worse than not having a mask. Um, Now... According to another new study, it's good for you again, and it's just as effective as a regular mask. I don't know if you can weigh in on that before we actually get into good for you, bad for you, but I'm confused. Depends on the gator. Ah, all gators course. are created equally. Right. I know. I'm hedging my bets here. Not really, though. It really does depend on the gator and what it's made out of. Because you can just sort of grab any old piece of fabric and throw it around your neck and pull it up over your mouth and preferably also your nose and call it a neck gator. But if it's not like specific types of materials, it could actually end up being worse. Okay. What about naps, James? Naps. I feel like I see studies every single week about short naps being good for you or long naps be i mean there have been a lot a lot of studies and research done about naps and whether or not they're good for you it tends to waffle back and forth every week but this week this day this moment dr james are they good for you or bad for you not only this moment but forever through the end of time naps will be good for you (laughs) all right well you're Sort of wrong, because right now, the latest that I'm reading is that specifically long naps are short, are uh, are bad for you. Anything over 60 minutes. Long naps are short. Long naps. Are, I'm getting myself confused. Long naps are bad for you. Anything over 60 minutes, according to a new study, is associated with a 30% greater risk of all-cause death and 34% higher likelihood of heart disease. So 59 minutes, you're cool. Oh 61 God. minutes, bad news bears. Wow. Now, I do know a lot of the research about naps, but you really only need about 20 minutes. You actually don't gain a bunch between 20 minutes and like 45 or or, or an hour. So if you really do need to nap, just shoot for that like 20, 25 minutes, you're good to go. Interesting. All right. We'll add that to the list then. Coffee. Now, where do you think we're at with coffee? That is something that I always hear is good for you in moderation, but it also depends on what time of day you drink it, how much you drink it, what kind of coffee you're drinking. 
in this moment, Dr. James, is coffee good for you still or is it now bad for you again? Good for you. But I'm going to tell you why I'm the worst person to play this game. Yeah, because you know all the studies. <laughs> I know, right. Like, it depends on what you're talking about. Is coffee good for people to sleep better? Is coffee good for anxiety and mental health? No. Is coffee actually really been studied to be have, maybe have some protective effects against things like early onset dementia? Yes. It's very interesting. So it depends on what you want your outcome to be. I'm just going to settle on good for you. All right. This week, it is good for you. Coffee is still good for you as long as you drink it an hour after waking up. If you drink it as soon as you wake up, it's bad because it screws up your cortisol. If you drink too much coffee, it can be bad for your heart, I believe. And if you drink too hot coffee, it could be cancerous. <laughs> or it could just be bad for burning your tongue. Exactly. Like, but good for lawsuits. Oh my goodness. <laughs> See, it depends on what you want your outcome to be. Guess what we're learning here is that everything is both and you should just get do whatever the hell you want. Right, James? What about what about DTS? Good for you or bad for you? Uh, Let's go to break. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject. I'm Allie. And because it's Thursday, we are chatting with licensed psychotherapist, Dr. Jen Mann, who we love having on the show. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Jen. How are you? I am good. Great to hear your voice. Uh, I'm glad somebody is. I uh, <laughs> I thought of you because I got an email the other day, or uh, yeah, it was the other day, about the new Hamilton ride on Peloton, and I was like, I wonder if Dr. Jen's going to be doing this with me. Uh, you know, I think I just might have to. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do you even choose based on music? You just do all the classes, don't you? Or do you have favorites? No, I, I actually am very music-focused. There are certain teachers that... I really am partial to, although all of them are great. There is, really isn't a bad instructor at Peloton, but I am very music focused. I mean, yeah. last week I actually did a whole bunch of rides and runs. I just searched for erase, erasure. Remember that? Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, I remember other. erasure. But yeah, like I was like anything with, with erasure in it, I'm doing it. And actually, and the, actually in Yaz. There's a uh, there. I mean, Whitney Houston doing a 30 minute workout to Whitney Houston will definitely get you motivated. OK, let's sure. talk about fast paced relationships. This week, we wanted to yeah. chat with you about I mean, there are so many shows now that are coming out. 90 Day Fiance, Married at First Sight, Blind Marriage, Marriage in the Water. I don't even know how many there are now, but it's all about meeting someone for the first time and then getting married. Indian matchmaking was another one that came out this year, which is kind of a different story. But what are your opinions about people who start off hot and heavy in very fast paced relationships? Well, I have many opinions about it, as you can imagine. And by the way, the first show like that was Married by America, which was the first network show I ever did where people came together, they were and married through, like there was a, a wall and they, one person would stick their hand through it, the other put the ring on and they agreed to get engaged and ultimately walk down the aisle together. So you it was know, a hole in the wall marriage? Yeah, it was a hole in the wall marriage. It was uh, <laughs> glorious, shall we say. <laughs> I would love to watch that. So what was your experience like and what did you find out? Well, you know, the producer who did that show, the reason why he did that show was because he had read a study that said that arranged marriages actually had statistically a better chance of lasting 
than non-arranged marriage. So he wanted to see if there was an arranged marriage. And at the time that show used a combination of like matchmakers and astrologists and psychologists and the parents and the friends and the this and the that to kind of help set people up. That said, I think the reason why arranged marriages tend to work is that culturally, usually if you are part of a culture or a religion that does those, you're probably against divorce. So you're probably going to feel, even if it is not working out, you're probably going to stick it out regardless of even if you're miserable. So that said, I think that the, the statistics are skewed. And here's the thing, that love at first sight, that intense, quick start does not tend to reveal who we're really with. We feel like we know that person. But when we're in the honeymoon stage, we're very much in that, oh my God, I like pizza. You like pizza. We're perfect for each other. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we found each other. All you can see when you've got the beginning stages of a relationship, your endorphins flowing, your serotonin's flowing, everything is wonderful. So you don't tend to see the problems, but even more so the problems don't come up until you get past that because you don't know if you have a viable relationship until you get into what I call the negotiation stage. In the negotiation stage, couples figure out how do we deal with anger in our relationship? How do we deal with disagreement? What if something's really important to you and it's really important to me and we don't see eye to eye? How do we handle conflict? How do we handle our first fight? Those are important things to know before you get married, before you move in with someone, before you take that next big step. So a lot of the time what happens is after you get to usually the 18 month point, and I wrote a whole column in InStyle Magazine all about why the 18 month point is particularly challenging for people. That's when you know whether you have something that's viable or not, typically. Okay, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and, and dive into that because I'm interested. And uh, and if you're in a 90-day fiancé situation, maybe you want to hear too. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Dr. Jen. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie. Uh, Dr. James just stepped away for a moment. And Dr. Jen is with me because we love talking to Dr. Jen. And right now we're chatting about fast-paced relationships specifically those shows that you always read about and see on TV, 90 Day Fiance, Married at First Sight. We mentioned Indian matchmaking as well. And you were talking about fast-paced relationships getting really serious around the 18-month mark. So you've got that first spark, I love you, you love me, we both have the same favorite color, so it must be, it's definitely going to work out. And then at the 18-month mark, things change. Why is that? What typically happens is, you know, this connect the dots pictures we had when we were kids. Right. What we do is we project, we connect the dots in our own mind and we go, oh, well, he, he or she said this. So it means that, oh, well, you know what? I dated someone else who had brown hair and that person really loved celebrating the holidays. So I bet this person loves celebrating the holidays. We kind of look at our frame of reference and we fill in the gaps And we assume these things about our partner or partner to be that aren't necessarily true. It isn't until we pass that honeymoon phase. And again, when I say honeymoon, I don't mean that it's not wonderful. doesn't mean that you're not courting each other. I don't mean that the sex isn't fabulous. But what I mean is we get past that point where we are projecting our assumptions and our fantasies onto this person and we're we're in reality. That's fascinating. And when you... 
So when you do find that you're in that spot and say you are in a situation where you're in an arranged marriage, you're already married, uh, you're already married, it's been 18 months and it must be a fine line to walk the difference between knowing when to call it quits and knowing when to stick it out. What helps you make that decision? I mean, to a certain degree, it takes a lot of effort to make a relationship work. It take it takes effort on both sides. On the other hand, you don't want to stick it out when you are miserable and you know nothing is going to change. So how do you navigate that? You ask a great question. And if you are in a relationship and you're starting to discover all these things about this other person that are making you go, hmm, that's not who I thought this was. You want to look at, are these core values where you guys really differ or are you having conflicts that you don't yet have the skills to work through? So one is more of a core issue. The other is, wow, this is something we can learn to do better. And the other thing is that typically we tend to pick people who are very connected to our historical traumas and family. So for example, they talk about an imago therapy. If you make a list of each of your parents' good traits and bad traits, and then you make a list of your partner's good traits and bad traits, you're going to see a lot of overlap. What that means, because unconsciously, we're very drawn to what is familiar. And also unconsciously, we always seek to heal old wounds, wounds in new time. So we oftentimes pick a partner that has similar traits. And understand, let's say you had a alcoholic father, for example, who was unavailable. He was emotionally unavailable because he was caught up in the throes of addiction. You may pick an alcoholic partner, but you also might pick a workaholic. You might pick a gambler. You might pick someone who smokes too much weed. You are more likely to pick someone who checked out in a similar way. And then what happens once you hit the 18-month point where the fantasy has, has started to dissolve and the reality of who you're with hits, you find yourself sitting on the couch with this person who's smoking some weed and it's checked out and it's triggering old wounds from your dad who was in the room and was checked out and you haven't dealt with it. So we try to heal those old wounds in current time, but a lot of the time that doesn't work. And we have to look at, is this something where we can heal each other? Or is this something where I'm getting re-traumatized? Before we go, when you watch those reality shows, Dr. Jen, those dating shows, can you tell just by your therapist, with your therapist eyeballs that people are faking it? And how often do those relationships actually work out? You know, I don't watch a lot of them because it's a little bit of work for me. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes sense. um, But when I do, you know... Some, sometimes I can tell when people are faking it. Sometimes I can tell when I think, oh, wow, this is a really good match. But then also, don't forget, the producers work really hard to kind of lead us all That's astray. True. Uh, yeah. Well, it's always great talking with you, Dr. Jen. You can follow Dr. Jen at Dr. Jen Man. Two ends on Jen, two ends on man. You can also pick up her book, The Relationship Fix, and many others. If you're a new parent or, I mean, not even a new parent. If you're a parent, you can definitely pick up some of her books on parenting. Super Babies is one of them. And, um, of course, you can read her InStyle.com articles every hump day. Dr. Jen, have a great day. You too. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. You heard right. News It or Lose It. Allie Johnson, Dr. James Simmons. We have four headlines total. We're going to split them in half. 
like we do. I've got two. Allie Johnson has two. And we will decide amongst those headlines which one we will news and talk about. That's a hint for one of my headlines. To talk about. Ooh. And we will lose the other one. I do not have a binger banger dinger clinger with me today. Allie Johnson, are you ready for your two headlines? Ready. Headline number one. My homies... In Des Moines, super spreader billboard takes aim at Trump ahead of Des Moines rally. Oh, that's nice, but I'm going to lose it. I have to lose the precedent for news it or lose it. (laughs) You're like, I'm losing in period. Do have to give props to Des Moines. They put up a billboard that said Trump COVID (laughs) super spreader event with a big arrow that said this way. (laughs) I love it. Uh, The headline you will hear about eventually after coming out in the locker room, Brock Weston received a giant bro hug from his entire team. Oh, I was not going to say bro hug. (laughs) You you were wondering what I was going to say. It's actually a cute little story. I can't wait to tell you about. Oh, nice. Okay, here's your first headline, James. Here's what happens when you try and break into Disneyland. Uh, Oh, okay. because I have fantasy of doing this stuff. Really? Like being that guy. Yeah, I kind of do actually. So I probably need to hear that I should not be breaking and entering into, you know, Disney theme parks. Okay. So yeah, I'll news it. All right. Then you are losing a story about Kraft Mac and Cheese getting uh, a lot of backlash for their send nudes campaign. Send noodles. (laughs) N-O-O-D-S. People were not happy about that. Send Uh, nudes. Send nudes. Noodles. It's noodles. All right. Go ahead, Dr. James. So uh, Brock Weston, right? I mean, come on. What kind of name is that? You can pretty much, no, I shouldn't say this. So Brock Weston grew up in rural Saskatchewan, Canada. He learned how to play their national pastime hockey. It earned him a scholarship at Marion University of Wisconsin, where in the locker room the last three years, his teammates would crack gay jokes and make other disparaging comments about the LGBTQ community. But Brock, being gay, and had suffered through people teasing him about potentially being gay on campus, he finally decided he would take ownership of all of that and come out so he could live his truth openly. Hooray for him. And when he did that, he told first his roommate and coach, who were both emotional but said that they were like really, really supportive of it, and they encouraged him to come out with his, to his teammates. So in the locker room, doing what boys do in the locker room in various states of undress, he called the team together after a win and said, hey, y'all, I's gay. The rumors are true. And the entire team all gave him a big bro hug, and they decided to stop using disparaging gay remarks, disparaging the LGBTQ community, and actually they're doing some sensitivity training as a team. Oh, that it ended in a not porny way, which I'm happy about in real life. My porn mind really wanted those guys to give him a big something else, but I do think it's a nice <laughs> sweet story. <laughs> it's a bit, see, I kept it PG. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. Yeah. And, uh, Actually, there's a cute picture of his boyfriend who maybe gave him a special treat afterwards. Okay, (laughs) good. Um, (laughs) All right, let me tell you about Disneyland and what it's like to break into Disneyland. Of course, Disney World's open. Disneyland's still closed, though some of the rides are still going because they can't just let them sit there for months on end without giving them a once around. (laughs) So technically, (laughs) if you break in, you could hop on a ride and have your fill when no one else is in the park. And here is what happens if you try and break into Disneyland. At least one person has tried to do this since the pandemic hit. One guy, I guess, hopped the fence into California Adventure and they I think he was trying to stay there 
for months. Like he wanted to just live there. <laughs> and then they caught him Who by doesn't? Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And they uh, I think he's facing criminal charges and he got a hundred dollar fine. But you can guarantee getting banned for life if you break into one of the Disney parks, that is the most popular punishment. You can also get yourself kicked out of the castle for getting physical with cast members or guests, sneaking backstage, making the wrong kind of joke, or climbing the attractions. <laughs> so pretty much anything we would do here as hosts of Drop the Subject could get us a lifetime ban at Disneyland. But here's the real question, Allie. Once you figure out how to get into the park and then onto a moving ride... How do you get off? I don't think like, you need to. <laughs> Quarantine. Yes. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject, Allie and James. It's time now for Gay Gay or Cray Cray. I will reveal the story of a couple. Something that they are doing that is unconventional. And in this case, spooky. And I will reveal... <laughs> All the details possible without revealing the gender or the names of the people involved. You guess, James, if it is a gay gay couple or a regular hetero cray cray couple. You ready? Yeah, I um, am very ready. And I think that my new mission is to get you to say spooky, spooky. every show between now and Halloween. All right. I will voluntarily do that. I tell you this week about a couple who has a specific hobby that they both enjoy. They are together. I believe they are married. All is well. They're not in a bad relationship or anything. In fact, they both share a mutual love for dolls, inanimate dolls, hundreds and hundreds of dolls. (laughs) And they are decorating the outside of their house with hundreds of dolls. And as the newscasters say, it is really turning heads. The couple... No one has better dad jokes than local TV. Right? I love it. They say, uh, we don't play elf on a shelf in this house. We play hiding the spooky dolls around the house. They have decorated their house with hundreds of dolls that they have collected over the years. They find them with garage sales, thrift stores, people who gave them to them because they started being known as the weird doll people. Uh, this One of the people in the relationship said my aunt helped me out a lot. She works at a thrift store, so she would get me a lot of the weirdest dolls that she could find. And 11 months out of the year, they are locked away in the attic, but... Come October, they return and they strew them about their property. And they said last year, the kids did not even want to come up to the house. You could hear them screaming just from the sidewalk. And one of the person and one of the people in the relationship says, I love it. It just makes me so happy. So what do you think? I actually have an audio (laughs) answer for this as well. Do you think that this couple is gay, gay or cray, cray? Okay, so I want to meet this couple, whoever (laughs) they are, whomever they are, because I think this idea is fantastic. I'm going to steal it. The only thing is that I have to live with an attic full of creepy dolls for 11 months of the year. But I live for scaring people. And to have a a front yard strewn about a yard full of like weird, creepy dolls that just make people start randomly screaming before they even come into the house, I'm totally for it. I'm going to say... That the creativity and the ingenious of this makes them gay. That is a great guess. Uh, let's find out together, shall we? Now, here is something you don't see every day. A family's home in Katy taking creepy to a whole new level this Halloween. The house is surrounded by hundreds of dolls. Our Marcelino Benito got an up-close look today. Poor Marcelino Benito. <laughs> 
She's like, <laughs> right? I don't want to investigate the weird doll story. Can right. I do candy right. shoots? Assignment editor. Drive through this Katie neighborhood. Kids are trying not to look. And you'll spot a house that is making heads turn. Whose idea was this? Ian Haynes, quick to point out, his wife Brenda. Ah. Is to blame. I don't like the more traditional oh, Halloween decoration. Dang it! She's the mastermind. Uh, I mean, gotta give it to the streets, though. The cray crays for being cray cray and embracing their cray crayness because that is, regardless of, we'll use Amy Coney Barrett's sexual preference word, regardless of your orientation, that's pretty damn creative. True. Island of the Dolls. There's more, way more dolls this year. There are more than 200 creepily scattered all over <laughs> the front yard. Garage sales, thrift stores. Creepily. People get, uh, gave them to me. My aunt, she works at a thrift store, so she helped me a lot. You can see the smile on her face, just the creepy smile on her face. She's so happy that this terrifies everybody around her. And I actually <laughs> am kind of buying in on it. And some of these totally. dolls are like, like they're not they look like they've wasted away, you know, in that creepy way where it's like half their head is gone or like one eye is open and the other one is just doing that weird flutter <laughs> thing. Uh-huh. You know, like it's those kinds of dolls. They're not perfectly preserved, not all of them. The weirder, the better when it comes to this woman. So I wonder what happens, though, when they come out into their front yard and the dolls have moved. Yeah. Like that's that I would be like, nope, we're moving. I'm out. Bye. Yeah. And Chucky would arrive and be like, oh, my God, it's Dolcon. All right. And that was a stupid joke. We're going to go. I'll be right back. <laughs> Two minute break. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject, Ali and James. We thank you so much for listening to the show, as you always do. And if you are listening live or if you are listening at wearechannelq.com or on radio.com or on the radio.com app, also, don't forget, we's also a podcast, so you should go to radio.com, download us as a podcast, subscribe, click on the notifications, give us five stars, let us know what we're doing well, let us know what we're not doing well, please, because this show is all about you. Also, while you're tootling around on the internets, don't forget, we vote in 19 days. Most of the country is doing some sort of version of early voting right now as well. You can find out more about what early voting looks like in your area and what the mail-in ballot process looks like in your area at vote411.org. That's vote411.org. And we appreciate you listening so much. As we've been doing this week, speaking of voting, and I think we're going to continue to do through the election Listen, people can spend a lot of time finding dumb petitions, dumb things to sign up for, and dumb things to vote on. So we've decided if you can find a dumb petition to sign up for and take the amount of time to do that, you can certainly take the time to A, register, and B, vote for the issues that matter in your life. Yes, we learned that a petition was started to end uh, to bring back the Mexican pizza has over 100,000 signatures. Um, There was also I can't remember the ones from the other day, but what is the one today? Um, What are people starting petitions for now? Because if you can really make the effort, I actually think this is more effort than voting to be able to 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 go online, start a petition Fill out all the crap, probably start a Facebook group, tell everybody about it and actually get this to change. I mean, that requires a lot of work, way more than real voting. It does require a lot of work. There is a petition for the very popular and very famous that's been around for a long time, Head and Shoulders. 
And people have taken the time to write an entire diatribe about how there's injustices of having a, a wash for your head and shoulders, but the injustice of not having one for your knees and toes. Oh. Sing it with me now. Head and shoulder, and knees, and toes, knees, toes, knees and toes, knees and toes, knees and toes, toes. right, however it goes. So a petition that many people have signed that someone took the effort to put together for head and shoulders to create a body wash called knees and toes. If you can go find that and spend the time reading it and even spend the time for us to explain it to you today, you have time to go to wherever, vote.org, vote411.org, wherever to learn about the issues and register and Yes, absolutely. And go to vote411.com to find out if you're registered. I was just looking, I've got my little mail-in ballot right here. I didn't realize they give you an I voted sticker in the mail. I'm actually really excited about that because I I love to prove and show, you know, through that famous Instagram picture that I have voted. And I was like, oh man, I'm kind of bummed I'm not going to get that. But lo and behold, an I voted sticker is right there for me, along with a bunch of information on where my nearest ballot box is. So they make it very easy for you. And if you have not received your ballot or have not registered yet, you can go to vote 411 and figure out all the information that you need. Or you can just look on any celebrity's Instagram page because they have all the information there as well. Um, when we oh, thank you, like mine, celebrity. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you can Allie, go to James's. You're too kind. At Ask the NP <laughs> to find out all oh, about gosh, voting. Uh, we Not will be back. I know, I know. I'm making you blush. When we um, we're, we're back tomorrow for a new show. We're gonna play What Year Is It? LGBTQ History Edition. So that'll be fun. And um, there's a new trend among celebrities that I don't know if I'm a fan of or not. We will break it down tomorrow. So we'll see you then. Goodbye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.